This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. In the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the most gracious, the most merciful. Alhamdulillah, all praise is indeed due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. We send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his household, his companions. We ask Allah to bless them, to bless every one of us, to grant us forgiveness in this month of Ramadan. Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anna. Amen. My beloved brothers, my sisters, this evening we heard the recitation from Surah Al-Furqan going into Surah Al-Shu'ara. It started off in Surah Al-Furqan. It went into Surah Al-Shu'ara. And thereafter, we completed with the commencement of Surah Al-Naml. In Surah Al-Furqan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the secret that man needs to know if he would like the power to distinguish between right and wrong. The Qur'an itself is called the criterion because it makes clear what is right and wrong. Al-Furqan, it makes the difference between right and wrong. So if you are to follow the Qur'an, you will be able to distinguish between right and wrong. But it is important for you to know that every point that Allah makes mention of in Surah Al-Furqan, is connected to your ability and mind to be able to distinguish between right and wrong, between good and bad, between light and dark. If this is good, how do I know it's good for me? Sometimes the world tells you that something is good for you, but it is actually bad for you. And sometimes the world tells you that this is bad for you, but it is actually good for you. How do you and I know that this is good or bad? Well, Surah Al-Furqan is our gift. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right at the beginning talks about the revelation and the fact that the Qur'an itself is from Allah. If you are to follow that Qur'an, you will definitely be able to distinguish between right and wrong and be careful of those who find fault in the Qur'an. وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَوْنَا نُزِّلَ عَلَيْهِ الْقُرْآنُ جُمْلَةً وَاحِدًا the disbelievers in Mecca, they tried to find fault with the Qur'an. In any way, they started saying, why didn't the Qur'an come down all at once? Just like the book was given to Moses, may peace be upon him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, who are they to decide how the Qur'an should come down? Allah says, it is Allah who chose the way and the method to be able to strengthen yourself, your heart. O Muhammad wasallam. when the incidents occurred, the verses were revealed. In that way, it was better for the people to follow it. It was better for you to recite it. It was easier for them to follow because they knew that the rules of the Qur'an are connected to reality that happened on the ground. It is not a fairy tale. It is not something you cannot practice upon. People have already practiced upon it. 
And Allah says, He wants you to recite it in a melodious and a beautiful way. So if you look at the order of revelation, it is different from the order of the Quran in the preserved tablet or Al-Lawhul Mahfur. That is why every Ramadan, Jibreel Al-Ameen used to come down, the angel Jibreel used to come down and they used to read the Quran with Rasulullah confirming the order upon the preserved tablet even though certain verses were revealed in a different order altogether. If I ask you which was the first verse revealed to Muhammad you would say Iqara, but it's not at the beginning of the Quran. If I ask you which was the last verse revealed to Muhammad you might tell me Ayatul Mudayana. You might say, depending on whether we are talking of a verse with a ruling or a verse without a ruling. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept it that way. It is His wisdom. It is Allah alone. Similarly, the kuffar at the time, they tried to find another fault with the Quran. What was that they tried to find? They began to say, this Quran that the Prophet ﷺ has, is actually copied from the previous scriptures. They said this Quran is filled with tales copied from the previous scriptures that are being written day and night and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clarifies that. You and I know that Allah says, It is Allah who sent among the unlettered a messenger from them. Which means Nabi sallallahu was unlettered. Unlettered is a very carefully selected word. It is not uneducated because that is blasphemous. He was the most highly educated, but Allah did not want him to read or write. Because no one must come up and say he copied it, he heard it, he actually read a previous scripture. Allah says, you definitely, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, did not used to read before the Qur'an was revealed. And subhanallah, you did not used to write with your right hand so that they can doubt. There is no re any reason for them to doubt. Subhanallah, that was a clarification. When they found that they could not find a fault in the Qur'an, Surah Al-Furqan tells us something else. But I want to stop for a moment, my brothers. My sisters, if you want the ability to distinguish between right and wrong in your life, develop a connection with the Qur'an. You need to understand that revelation is what will give you the ability and the power to know right from wrong. Allahu Akbar. So they tried to find another fault. When they couldn't find a fault in the Qur'an, they said, let us find a fault in the messenger. In the messenger. You know, it reminds me of the muallim or the sheikh who stands up in front of you and he tells you don't do this and don't do that those people who are powerful and they are involved in evil and the imam is telling them not to engage in evil they have one of two choices either they change their lives and they become better people and they quit the evil 
Sometimes they don't want to quit the evil because they are enjoying it. They are, they are amused and impressed and such that they, the comfort zone that they are in is too beautiful for them. So they rather find a fault in the imam than to change themselves. So they will tell you that imam is a bad man. This imam is like this, that imam is like that. Not because the imam is guilty, because they don't want to change. May Allah not make us from those. When we are told, we will not find fault in the imam, rather if he is correct, we will correct ourselves. That is a mu'min, a believer. So what did they say? وَقَالُوا مَا لِهَذَا الرَّسُولِ يَأْكُلُ الطَّعَامَ وَيَمْشِي فِي الْأَسْوَاقُ what is it? A messenger of Allah. How can he be eating food just like we eat food? And how can he go to the market? Subhanallah. Subhanallah. They said, why did Allah not reveal it or send down an angel with him? So he could have been with him all along as a warner and so on and so forth. He could do everything. If Allah wanted, he could have given a huge treasure to this man if he was a real prophet. Or Allah could have given him a garden filled with every type of food that he could eat from. But that was foolish. Do you know what? Subhanallah. They added to that something more. Not only did they say what's wrong with this man. He is actually eating. He's walking in the market. He's supposed to have an angel. He's supposed to have treasure. He's supposed to have the garden. They added to say. وَقَالَ الظَّالِمُونَ إِن تَتَّبِعُونَ إِلَّا رَجُلًا مَسْحُورًا The wrongdoers from among them said. You are following a man who is possessed. أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ Look, the comfort that I derive from this is in the answer that Allah gave those people. If you go back to Surah Al-Isra and you go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's verses where He tells us very clearly, قُلْ سُبْحَانَ رَبِّي هَلْ كُنْتُ إِلَّا بَشَرًا رَسُولًا Tell them, glory be to my Lord. I am only but a human being who was sent to you. I'm a human being. So don't come to me and tell me, you're supposed to have this, you're supposed to have that. My brothers and sisters, we have a two-way problem today. When you see the imam of a masjid driving a beautiful vehicle, what happens? It's like something is wrong, isn't it? How can the imam drive a Pajero? How? He's an imam, he should drive a Toyota Corolla. That's how it should be. This is the concept from a long time back. The imam is supposed to be a poor man. Look at all the other religions, they are wealthy. Those who preach the faith. But in Islam, Allah tests you, subhanallah. Allah says, if you are really, you want to dedicate your life for Allah, 
people will talk about you the same way they spoke about Muhammad they'll tell you this man is a madman maybe he's after this you look at him he's driving a good car he's eating this he's eating that he shouldn't be going to the market you find a sheikh who has a business that's doing well and he earns the first million US dollars they will say ah, he's a sheikh is he really a sheikh this man Subhanallah. Why? Because he's earning. Let's change that ideology. Because Allah tells you, they accuse Muhammad of the same thing. Whenever he ate, they said, why are you eating? Whenever he went to the market, why are you in the market? What's wrong? I'm a human. I need to earn, I need to live. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make the ulama from amongst the wealthiest in spirituality and also in material wealth. Amin. MashaAllah, that was a good amin. But remember, it's not enough to say Ameen. You need to look in your pocket and donate to the masjid. Tonight, inshallah, the boxes out there for this masjid, we must make sure we take out and give something. I always tell people, Wallahi, my brothers, what is the value of your salah in dollars? Can you put a value? No. If I told you there are five salah a day and each salah is worth a certain number of dollars, what would you say? Give me a figure. We cannot give a figure. I want to tell you, give one dollar for every salah that you read in the masjid for using the facility that was five star. Are you ready? One dollar for every salah. If I make five salah a day, that masjid I'm going to give them five because I came in electricity bill, water bill, this bill, that bill, the guards, the people, the gardens, the lights, the, the maintenance, whatever else, the salaries, everything. Who is going to pay that? Muslims think that we are waiting for well wishes. We all must be proud to contribute towards the house of Allah. My money, better than going anywhere else, first it must go to the house of Allah. Subhanallah. If you are not prepared to give one dollar for every salah, which is cheap, because you are using the carpet, wear and tear, wear and tear. You are using the carpet and the facility. If you are not prepared to give a dollar for salah, I challenge you to give a dollar a day for the masjid where you are reading salah. Are we ready to do that? Are we ready to do that? You know, inshallah, sometimes it means two things. <laughs> People say, Inshallah, that means, Ya Shaykh, I need to drink and eat, I need the money. Wallahi, my brothers and sisters, what I want to say, give something. No matter what it is, give. Give to the house of Allah. Don't underestimate. They might not come to you to ask you, but you give. No matter what it is, put it in the box. I'm sure there have to be some form of a box, some form of a donation, because this is the house of Allah. No one person can claim ownership. It is owned by Allah. So you must be honored to be spending. Every house of Allah, you can say between you and Allah, Ya Allah, I put my money here, I put my money there, I put my money there. These are your houses, Ya Allah. In Akhirah, give me a house too. So we are thinking in the positive way. Let's stop thinking negative of the religious aspect of our lives. Look at the other faith. I swear by Allah. And I'm not saying it because I want to degrade us. No, I want to show you there are others who give 10% of their entire salary straight to the priest. Do you know that? And they don't ask him, what did you do with it? What didn't you do with it? That's it. We are not asking for that. All we are saying is, you know, the expenses of the masjid, subhanallah, mashallah, may Allah bless those who put this masjid up. Granted Jannatul Firdaus. Anyone who is contributing as well to any of the houses of Allah across the globe, may Allah give them Jannah. 
So this is what we learn when we say the kuffar of Quraysh used to pick on Muhammad because they didn't want to hear the truth. They didn't want to hear. So what happened? They fell into several categories. Listen carefully. Abu Bakr as-Siddiq Why did he accept Islam first? What is the reason? The reason is obviously after the guidance of Allah and Allah's choice and Allah's divine decree. Definitely. But the reason is he had good company from when he was young. He was in the company and friendship of a very good man known as As-Sadiq Al-Amin. So that friendship helped him. When the truth came, he followed the truth. How many of us have good friends? How many of us can be good friends? Because there are two things, to be in good company and to be good company. Two different things. Tell yourself and promise yourself today it's Ramadan. We have already hit the second half of Ramadan. We are moving down the hill. Subhanallah. Promise Allah that you will become better company and you will be in better company. Because company is what will make you or break you. Why did Abu Jahl never accept the message? He had bad company. That's one of the reasons. So Allah speaks about it in Surah Al-Furqan. The wrongdoer on the day of judgment is going to bite his hands out of regret. Oh, I should have followed the path of that messenger. We heard the message, but we did not follow. Do you know that on Jahannam, there will be the gatekeepers of Jahannam. They will be surprised by the people who will be coming into Jahannam in big, big groups. And they will say, وَقَالَ لَهُمْ خَزَنَتُهَا أَلَمْ يَأْتِكُمْ رُسُلٌ مِّنْكُمْ يَتْلُونَ عَلَيْكُمْ آيَاتِ رَبِّكُمْ وَيُنذِرُونَكُمْ لِقَاءَ يَوْمِكُمْ هَذَا Those angels will say, didn't the messengers come to you reading the verses of Allah to you, reminding you that there is going to be one day when you are going to be giving your accounts to Allah? Didn't anyone come to you warning you about this day? And the disbelievers, oh, the wrongdoers and the sinful, they will say, Bala. Yes, they came. They came. But too late. So let's change now. My brothers, my sisters, I always say, there is that one thing you need to quit because it is sinful from your life. You know what it is, quit it today. Today is the day. It's Ramadan. We are heading towards the last 10. You understand when you have a football match, the most exciting part is at the end because you don't know which way the ball is going to go, who's going to score the goal. Am I right? Especially when it goes into overtime, watch what all the supporters do. They are in a frenzy. When the moon is not sighted and there is one more day of Ramadan, it is over time. You must be more excited. Allah is saying one more goal you can score against Shaitan. Subhanallah. Even if the score is 5-0, you are winning. But you can score 10-0, you will break a world record. When, when a team has 5-0, do they stop and say, okay guys, let's end the match. It's over, we, are, we have won. No! They continue again and again and they are still as excited. Because they are thumping the enemy. Allahu Akbar. Should I say the opposition in football? But my brothers and sisters, I want to tell you, resolutions need to be made. The kuffar are better at making New Year's resolutions than we are at making Ramadan resolutions. They take them seriously. They write them down. 
They follow them bit by bit. We cannot even quit smoking. It's a fact. Bad habit. Subhanallah. Stop looking at me as though you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> May Allah bless you. May Allah bless you. May Allah grant you goodness and all of us. Amen. So my brothers and sisters, Surah Al-Furqan warns us. It tells us, look, when you have bad company, you will regret it. يَا لَيْتَنِي لَمْ أَتَّخِذْ فُلَانًا خَلِيلًا لَقَدْ أَضَلَّنِي عَنِ الذِّكْرِ بَعْدَ إِذْ جَاءَنِي I wish that I did not have that particular friend because he led me astray after the reminder came to me. He led me astray. Who led you astray? My friend. أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ Was he a friend? الْأَخِلَّاءُ يَوْمَئِذٍ بَعْضُهُمْ لِبَعْضٍ عَدُوٌ إِلَّا الْمُتَّقُونَ Those who were close to each other, very good friends, we call them bosom buddies, inseparable in this world. They will be enemies on the day of judgment except those who were conscious of Allah. When your friend reminds you to do good, and to stay away from bad, he is a true friend. She is a true friend. Shaitan comes to us today when someone tells us to quit bad. He makes us feel bad. So we don't want that friend anymore. We don't want to go in the company. Why? That man is going to just tell me this and that. I don't like it. Why don't you like it? It was Allah who sent him to you to remind you, be careful on the day of judgment. We are going to ask you. We sent a messenger to you. Did you not listen? You will say, who was the messenger? Didn't that man come and read to you one day? Didn't that woman tell you X, Y, and Z one day? We sent them to tell you. It was not a mistake. So this is it, my brothers and sisters. We need to understand the Quran is a gift. Let us develop our company. When you have good friends, Wallahi, you will, it will be easy for you to read Salah. Imagine I am with people. If I am weak regarding my Salah, but all my friends are strong. When the time of Salah comes, am I going to say, guys, you carry on? I'm going to sit back. No. I will make sure I fulfill the Salah. It becomes so easy. But if I am with friends who are not interested in Salah, it's going to be really tough for me to tell them that, you know what? Bring me to Salah. Oh, let's go to Salah. They'll say, are you crazy? Are you crazy? When you have people who dress well, when you have friends who dress appropriately, it's easy for you to dress appropriately. You will feel out of place if you have not dressed properly. But when everyone dresses inappropriately and you are one of them, how are you going to manage to dress properly? May Allah make it easy. May Allah grant us goodness. Now, Surah Al-Furqan ends in a beautiful way. I don't think I'm going to get a chance to continue into a shu'ara and a naml, but there are beautiful stories that Imams, inshallah, will, will help you with that. Surah Al-Shu'ara, Allah towards the end describes the, the real people whom He loves and who love Him. He calls them Ibadur Rahman, the worshippers of Ar-Rahman. He didn't say the worshippers of Allah. He used the name, another name of His. Now, in Islam, you are allowed to use Allah or any other of his names when you are calling out to him or referring to him. You don't have to use the name Allah alone. You can say Ar-Rahman. The evidence of it is in the Quran in many places. One of them is at the end of Surah Al-Isra. Allah says, 
قل ادعوا الله أو ادعوا الرحمن أيما تدعوا فله الأسماء الحسنى You call out using the word الرحمن or Allah Either one you use they are the beautiful names of Allah You can say the most merciful So Allah says Ibadur Rahman The worshippers of the most merciful That alone is a gift for us When you say La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah You are already a worshipper of the most merciful Every one of us is searching for the mercy of Allah You need to know He is the most merciful When we say Ya Arhamar Rahimin You know what it means? It means Oh most merciful from among those who have mercy Wow Your mother has mercy, your father has mercy, everyone else has mercy. So many people have mercy. Allah is saying, you call me using a name, O, you who is most merciful from all those who have mercy. Subhanallah, smile. My brothers and sisters, smile. There is hope in the mercy of Allah. Be happy. Be happy. But you need to try. There's no way that a believer can say, I want the mercy of Allah. Then we are sitting in the nightclubs. And we are sitting in the pubs and the clubs. I want the mercy of Allah. I heard Sheikh saying he is most merciful. Allahu Akbar. You cannot do that. That is defying Allah. The good news that we have. All of us who are here, when we sin, none of us are sinning out of defiance of Allah. We are not defying Allah. We are sinning out of human weakness. When you commit a sin, do you do the defiance by saying, Oh Allah, you made alcohol haram, I want to show you that it's not haram, I'm going to drink it. Nobody who believes will ever say that. Why? Because you have belief in your heart. It's a sign of iman. When you commit a sin, it is because you are weak as a human. Allah knows that you are not defying Him. You don't want to fight with Allah, but as weakness, You need to tell Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Oh Allah, forgive me. I did wrong. I'm going to try my best to be strong. So Allah says, Ibadur Rahman, Alladheena yamshuna ala al-ardi hawna. The first quality they have, they walk with humility on earth. Their character and conduct is beautiful. I invite you, my brothers, my sisters, to beautify your character. When you walk, walk with respect. Walk with beauty. Walk with kindness and humility. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive our shortcomings. وَإِذَا خَطَبَهُمُ الْجَاهِلُونَ قَالُوا سَلَامًا When an ignorant speaks to you, someone swears you, someone says something derogatory to you, someone has laughed and scoffed at you, you don't waste your time engaging them because they are foolish. When they are foolish, you just say peace and you walk away. Peace and you walk away. If you don't say peace, you will have to be involved in pieces. It's a reality. Yes. You say peace, salam, and you go away. If you start talking, you will be engaged in something that distracts you from Allah. Sometimes people don't want to know what's right and wrong. They just want to attack. If that is the case, peace. Walk away. وَالَّذِينَ يَبِيتُونَ لِرَبِّهِمْ سُجَّدًا The true believers, those who are worshippers of Allah, they spend the night prostrating and standing for Allah. I ask you, my brothers and sisters, how many of us spend one night in the month 
in time is it too much one night in the month okay one night in the year how many of us have taken out one night in the year outside of Ramadan and we spend it for Allah is it difficult Wallahi, I give you that example again if it was football World Cup we would watch it we would put our clocks we would make sure we don't want to hear the score tomorrow morning we want to see it happening but we will not worship Allah for 90 minutes if the Imam reads a little bit slow some of the masajid they will complain mashallah here I was very very happy with the recitation it was smooth may Allah accept it from our Hufad who are here today but people get angry when Imam takes a few more minutes but they are ready to spend 90 minutes not for one match so many we are not saying don't do that but we are saying ask yourself who are you where does your allegiance lie first? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. So that's a quality. Quality is you think about it. You think about calling out to Allah. I want to invite you to something. You see at the time of suhoor, it is the time of tahajjud. And it is the time where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has come to the lowest heaven calling out, هَلْ مِنْ تَائِبٍ فَأَتُوبَ عَلَيْهِ هَلْ مِنْ سَائِبٍ فَأَعْطِيَ هَلْ مِنْ مُسْتَغْفِرٍ فَأَغْفِرَ لَهِ Allah is asking anyone who wants something, asking me, I can give them. Anyone seeking forgiveness, I can forgive them. But what are we busy doing at that time nowadays in Ramadan? We are eating. Every, we are worried about eight. How many minutes remaining? Ah, ten. Ah, let me quickly finish. Yes. My brothers and sisters, it's a blessed time. It's good to eat, yes. But think about making a dua to Allah. Say, you should, your spirituality must make you realize the call of Allah. Who is asking forgiveness? I will forgive him. You say, oh Allah, I am asking forgiveness. Forgive me. Say that. See how your hair will stand, goosebumps. Because you know, yaqeen, yaqeen, that Allah is calling right now, right now. He's calling. He's calling. So from now on, when you get up for support, start making all your du'as. All your du'as. While you are eating, make a du'a. Oh Allah, bless me. Oh Allah, give me. Oh Allah, help me. Oh Allah, help my neighbor. Oh Allah, my enemy. Soften his heart, Ya Allah. These are good du'as, mashallah. This is something. It's called spending your night in ibadah. وَالَّذِينَ يَقُولُونَ رَبَّنَا اصْرِفْ عَنَّا عَذَابَ جَهَنَّمْ Those who say, Oh Allah, save us from hellfire. There are many qualities. Another quality, those whom when they spend, they don't waste. They are not extravagant and they are not miserly. Sometimes we earn so much, but our wives are complaining, this man is stingy. Subhanallah. He doesn't even spend on us. So what are you collecting for? Subhanallah. What are you collecting for? If you are not going to spend on your own children and family members, then who have you amassed that wealth for? Come on. Subhanallah. Spend. Allah gave you spend. Spend, O son of Adam, and you shall receive more. It will be spent on you. You want from Allah? Give. You want? Give. Subhanallah. Not easy, right? People are thinking, I give, what will happen to my capital? It's going to go down and down. Don't worry. Allah will bless you. Allah is the owner of sustenance. He's watching your intention. He will give you. Give. Allah will give you. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, those who do not commit adultery, they do not commit murder, they do not engage in false witness. All these are qualities of those 
that Allah makes mention of in Surah Al-Furqan. Surah Al-Furqan. Allah makes mention of these qualities. Beautiful qualities. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, those who are concerned about the progeny to come, not just themselves. I am living a life. I need to be worried about my children and my offspring. Look at Ibrahim alayhi salam. You know what dua he made? He says, Rabbana waja'alna muslimayni lak. Oh Allah, myself and Ismail, myself and my son, make the two of us submitters, muslimayn. Make the two of us submitters unto you. But he didn't stop there. Sometimes, oh Allah, help me, help my children. Listen to what Ibrahim alayhi salam says. Oh Allah, from my progeny that is going to come, the generations that are going to come, keep an ummah on the deal from them. He was worried about those to come later, years down. But he used to make dua for them. Oh Allah, bless my offspring up to Qiyamah, bless them. Grant them steadfastness. Don't underestimate that dua as a result. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed Ibrahim alayhi salam. In what way? In a way that all the prophets who came after him were from his family. From his family. May Allah be pleased with us. If we are going to try our best to earn the pleasure of Allah, we will definitely earn a special place in Jannah. Because Allah... He is the most generous and He has the Jannah. He is looking for any excuse to give it to you. Any excuse to give it to you. Give Him the excuse. In the same way, when we sin, we want to do it in private. We don't want anyone to know. When you do good deeds, have a few of these good deeds. No one knows. You know and Allah knows. So on the day of Qiyamah, there is a secret between you and Allah, which is a good one. Not a bad one. Many of us have bad things. All of us, we are embarrassed about some of the things we've done in our lives. May Allah forgive us. We wouldn't like the whole world to know what we've done. Why don't we compensate with the tawbah? We say, oh Allah, I have done this and this and this only for you. Even my wife does not know. Be careful, don't let your wife hear that. <laughs> she might say, what? You mean I don't know? May Allah forgive us. Anyway, I think our wives are good. We are talking about others who have already gone away. May Allah bless us. I have to say that because I also need to worry about myself. <laughs> My brothers and sisters, Wallahi, at the end Allah says, أُولَٰئِكَ يُجْزَوْنَ الْغُرْفَةَ بِمَا وَيُلَقَّوْنَ فِيهَا those who develop these qualities, they will have Al-Ghurfa. Al-Ghurfa is a special place in Jannah, very high, elevated, lofty. They will have Al-Ghurfa because of the sabr that they endured on earth. So to get Jannah, you need sabr. Jannah will come with patience and forbearance and endurance. That is Jannah. Allah says, they will receive lots of beautiful greetings and congratulations. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those who are received by the angels and those who earn Jannah al-Firdaus. 
May Allah bless every one of us and grant us forgiveness. I want you to repeat, Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anna. Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anna. Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anna. Amin. Ya dal jalali wal ikram. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad. Subhanallahi wa bihamdihi. Subhanak Allahumma wa bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.